Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hello, everyone. Thank you for downloading today's podcast. We are a woman down today. We are. Uh, I haven't heard from Abs. No. Well, usually we get a couple of text messages by now. I so. think she might be flat out because she's got two sick kids. No, she only had the one. She might have been across it, but yeah. She's... Mm, off sick. Mm. Uh, I believe text messages went out at about 1.30. Mm-hmm. So this morning, yes. That's the panic when we we get up at, like my alarm goes off at 4. Mm. If I'm coming in a bit early, I'll 3.30 mm. is my alarm. So I kind of alternate. Mm. You're at what, quarter to four? Quarter to four and I'm in here at four. Yeah, you're nice and close. <laughs> yeah. But then you, sh- you shower here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just get up and come in. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you get a stress. If you're still awake at 1 a.m. Oh, nothing worse. Yeah, the panic sets in and you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Mm. Because what can happen is if you stay awake all through the night, come four o'clock when it's time to get ready and go, you feel okay at that point. Yeah. But then five past six, <laughs> when the show starts, you're like, bah. Yeah. Yeah. Is when it gets you. And you know what it's like when you can't sleep. You just sit there going, got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep. Yeah. And that's not relaxing. Well, I've only got two hours. And then mm. rather than your body go, all right, let's get two hours. Mm. It goes, nah, brah. But we had a really good show today. Um, a lot of fun. You had an incident occur, which was one you'll never forget. And it involves just... the New South Wales football team. Well, I just, I'm ashamed at what I, what I let them do to me, <laughs> you know. Um, what, are you, what are you watching over there? Sorry, it's my Instagram <laughs> opened up on a video. I'm just, <laughs> see, I'm so, I'm so ashamed that I just, not with it, mm. being, you know. Oh, we played a new game too, and we found um, three, you, you couldn't get any more vegan than them, because we did stereotype bingo, and it turns out stereotypes about vegans are pretty spot on. I know, and they're, they're always, vegans always... Go, it's not like that. Mm. It's not like that. Mm. But it turns out it's worse than we thought. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so we'll do a round of that in there. Uh, let's get into it. Here we go. It's the podcast. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Millions of women experience it, but it's difficult to discuss openly and honestly. I want to talk to you about a very difficult topic. Miscarriages. I know that I've talked about my experiences before uh, on the show um, about pregnancy loss and I appreciate all the, the DMs and the messages that I've got and people that are listening to this right now who are currently going through it and it does help to to realise that you aren't alone because mm. often you don't talk about it. And someone who reached out and has written a book on it, her name is Narelle Hudson. She's actually a counsellor herself and she's got a book called The Baby Dream, Learning to Live with Infertility and Loss, which is available now. Morning. Good morning. Now, like I said, that you are a professional counsellor and a, a teacher, but then you've gone through this experience yourself. So, you... Yes, definitely. It's my personal story. It's not really like a professional textbook from a counsellor. Um, when I started this journey, I wasn't even a counsellor. That's where I've ended up, I guess, through my journey. One of the hardest things, I guess, with pregnancy loss is um, you've got someone, especially if it's someone who you know, and someone you love, you want to be there for them as a friend or a family member. But we often quite don't know what to say or how to approach it. Um, does the book sort of explain to other people how to be there? Yes, and I think that's really important because people try and help. They try and fix things. Often they feel uncomfortable, so they jump in and try and fix the situation because they hate to see their loved one in pain. Mm. But Often the wrong things are said, like, you know, I had friends say, oh, I'll be your surrogate, I can have children, so I'll help out, oh. or don't worry, you'll have another one, mm. you know, you're still young, all of those sort of things that are trying to help you, but they're not helpful in that time, I think, 
the most important thing you can say is, you know, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you if you need to talk. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's nice that people are saying sorry for your loss as well because often people mm. are like, oh, well, if you got pregnant once, I'm sure you can get pregnant again. Mm. And you're like, oh, we are not at that point yeah. at this stage. Mm. We're still does, mourning that, that possibility of having that baby. Does that make it yeah. feel like um, people on the outside aren't seeing your baby as a, as a real person? Yes, definitely. Um, the night I woke up in the hospital after I'd given birth to my son and he had passed away, the doctors were already planning the next cycle of IVF and oh, no. talking about how next time we'll do this, the next time we'll do that. Mm. And like, he's not replaceable. And even if he was, it wouldn't be in this moment. Like, we need some time to yeah. grieve our loss. Why do you think it is not openly discussed? I know it, it's, it is a bit of a, it's not a nice conversation, but I've watched you go through mm. so many abs and it's. But I'm good friends with you. So mm. you could always. Um, comfort me and we can have an honest conversation mm. to let someone know that you're going through the pregnancy cycle um, is making your personal life such an open book mm. you know like how you're going mm. with it so sometimes you do want to go through it personally and I think it's different for every person of when they want to share mm -hmm. yes definitely you definitely have times when you're grieving where you don't want to talk about it you just want to hide away and then other times where you do want to talk to someone there's all the ups and downs and all the emotions that you feel when you're going through grief. It's not a linear path. If I'm being honest, I think everyone can see that um, IVF is is a big business. Mm. Mm -hmm. It does make a, a lot of money. And when you're going through it, your whole soul thing is to have a baby and you feel like people are helping you. But it's very clinical, isn't it? Nabrell, where they will try and get you pregnant, but it's not, I guess, as much talking about your chances or what happens if it's not successful. Yes, definitely. And I feel like I was kind of set up from the beginning that, you know, I was only 28 and they said, oh, you're young, you're thin, you're fertile, we'll get you pregnant. It'll be super easy. And, you know, I think they kind of set me up that it would be easy. Mm -hmm. And then I became a bit of an experiment where they were like, well, how come this hasn't worked out five rounds later? What about the conversation? Because I don't even ask now um, whether someone's got children and that's just mm. because I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and sometimes you miss out on that conversation. Sometimes I feel like I'm being rude, but I don't know anyone's journey and I don't know if they've got to a certain age and not had cho children as choice. Mm. And I feel like those people tell you straight away. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're true. the ones that go, oh, yeah. we didn't want children. You're like, okay, yeah. that's fine. But how is it, I guess, if people ask you, you know, now and you've got a three beautiful um, stepchildren, but is it a conversation that you really just go universally, let's not ask if anyone has children? Um, yeah, and it's always an uncomfortable one. Like, I'm like you, Abby, I'm um, very relaxed in how I ask other people. I never assume and never put it out there, but... It's always that uncomfortable conversation when someone asks you or someone just assumes, like even my clients will be like, oh, well, you know, you'd understand because you have children. Mm. They just make that assumption because that's what society does. We just assume that everyone has children. And if they don't, <laughs> wow, why wouldn't you have children? Mm. Mm. It's a grieving process, I think, though, of what you possibly could have had. Yes, exactly. And that's the name of my book, The Baby Dream. It wasn't just the dream of having a baby. It's all those other secondary losses that go with that grief as well. Mm. You know, the loss of being a parent, the loss of doing that with my husband, raising a child, you know, 
first days of school, first steps, all those things that, you know, we always dream as a little girl from the age of 12. My mum was enlisting little old ladies to crochet baby clothes for me for the future. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like it was always just expected that you would have children. It's as stupid as it is. I remember being on the floor crying after a miscarriage and then reading that Beyonce had had a miscarriage. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, someone like that still can. <laughs> and it's so stupid, isn't it? But for me, I was just like, she admitted it. Mm. You know, when you've got a superstar that has yeah. all this this money and, you know, the top doctors, and for her still to go through it, you realise it's nothing that you have ever done that's wrong. Yeah, it's, it's universal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how Beyonce came into it, but that's just... Beyonce can come into anything, really. You know, there's, there's never a time where Beyonce doesn't work. Uh, good on you, Narelle. It is called The Baby Dream. Narelle Hudson, nice to chat this morning. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Our uh, Prime Minister, ScoMo, he's overseas at the moment, which is a bit strange considering there aren't any fires here, but um, he's in the UK and he's at the G7 uh, summit. And we were surprised by this, right? We're not in the G7. No. So the G7 happens and then the top seven countries sit down and chat while the rest of the countries wait outside Mm -hmm. (laughs) for everyone to finish the main party Mm. and then they all catch up for chats. That's like like being in... Uh, in high school, mm. you know there's a party on you're not invited to, so you just stand at the front gate with a six-pack waiting for them to say, yeah, right, I just come in. Or like if your partner gets upgraded to first class and you're in economy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you're just sitting back, back there, there watching them. And then you get to catch up with them in the lounge after. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a good way to meet people. Like, everyone's there, so you tick a lot of boxes while you're there. So he's met uh, Boris Johnson. I think he caught up with Biden the other day too. And he met the Queen, and uh, the Queen was chatting to him, and she said, oh, I didn't see you at the G7 conference. And he said, no, because we weren't invited. <laughs> awkward. Uh, no. And then she went, oh. She laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite an awkward but You know why Queen she laughed? Encounter. Why? Because she knew. Oh, you reckon? She set him up. Yeah. She set, she, she set him up yeah. as to why he wasn't. She, yeah. she, you know, she's the head of the Commonwealth. Oh, I, did, I didn't see you at their wedding. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't invited. Yeah, that would have been done on purpose. See, the wedding you don't really want to go to. Like, no one's disappointed when they're not invited to a wedding. <laughs> oh, men can't come to the, uh, the um, what's the birth one? Oh, the um, uh, baby shower. Baby shower. Baby, yeah. Oh, yes. I, someone was having that debate about whether men should not go, and I was like, we don't, you can take that one, guys. Yeah. We can take that one. Yeah. We don't want equality when it comes to the baby shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there are, uh, there are a lot of rules. Uh, when you meet the Queen, um, there's a lot of protocol. You remember when um, Paul Keating, our Prime Minister, touched her on the bum and it caused an outright? Like, yeah. you're, you're not allowed to touch her. You can only speak when spoken to. Uh, and Sean Mendes knows this because he uh, was performing at her annual birthday celebrations mm-hmm. and she popped up on stage and stood next to him. And what followed was very awkward. I'm standing there waiting on stage and the Queen just walks up next to me and she's standing there. And, I'm, and you can't say anything. You're not, you're not allowed to speak to her unless she speaks to you first. So it was like this very 10 minutes of just awkward silence between me and the queen. I looked over a couple of times and I was like, I probably shouldn't be looking. <laughs> it, was, it was super weird. Are you not allowed to even say hello and greet her? You uh, can only speak when spoken to. So if she says hello, you're allowed to say hello back, but you can't in- initiate a, a conversation. Oh. you're a commoner. Right. Commoners can't speak to royalty. So do you just, if then if you're there, do you just stare her straight in the eyes until she says, what are you looking at? And you're like, well, she's spoken to me. Imagine if she had something on her face and you wanted to tell her and you couldn't. Well, 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was like I knew you oh, could. hectic. You couldn't throw out any questions straight away, but I thought you'd at least be able to bow and say, "No, what's up?" <laughs> Never meet the queen, <laughs> <laughs> Queenie. What's up? Someone who uh, everyone's loving at the moment, Kate Winslet. She's in that fantastic show, uh, The Mayor of um, East Town. Uh, she's met the Queen, and um, she says that, that, again, with the handshaking, the way you touch her is very awkward as well, and this is what she said about it. It's a system, and, you know, she's very well rehearsed and very well practised at this, and so you're told what to do, and you sort of step forward, and you curtsy or bow, whatever fumble, terrible thing I probably did, put your hand out to shake it, and then she sort of gives you this sort of suggestive nudge backwards. Like, you know, you've done, that's it. Now. <laughs> That. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, remember the, the Pope, uh, a mm. video of him came out a while ago. There's all the, the people, uh, Catholics, you get to kiss his ring mm. or whatever. And then that's, you know, meant to be like the highest of blessings. Mm. But um, he didn't like the fact that people were kissing his hand all the time. So he would rip his hand away and slap the people. Yeah. Like, get out, like, nah. Pope nah. slap. Yeah, yeah, Pope slap. <laughs> he Pope slapped him. <laughs> so imagine that if you're the queen, you're shaking everyone's hand. You would eventually be like, so I want to get out of here. Yeah. Just nudge everyone back. Yeah. And I'm sure, because sometimes, because it's all, it's all to do with the royal family and the tradition of royalty and, like, the stretching back to kings and queens and stuff. She yeah. might, she must get over it. Like, yeah. she probably just wanted, someone just come up and chat to me and been standing here for 10 minutes. Imagine if someone thought she was starting a fight, like, they push you, so you push her back. Like, come on, man, you want to go? <laughs> and the last one is uh, our own uh, Kate Blanchett, but it's not the Queen. When she had lunch with the Queen, she got sat next to Prince Philip, and that's always a time. Oh. It's always a time. And he asked her for tech support. Work out for the life of me while I'd been invited. And I sat next to him, and he said, oh, hey, you're an actor. And I said, I said, yeah, that's right. He said, well, I was given a DVD player for Christmas, and I can't work out whether I put the green, the green cord in or the red cord. And I said, well, sir, I'm really, it's not my area of expertise. I thought he's invited me for lunch to tell him how he's making DVD a chance there. Mm. I'll come over. Oh, yes. Hook it up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you buy buy a surround sound, JB's got them on sale. I can, I'll hook I got that. Up I know what you. I'm doing. Get yeah. In there. yeah imagine, I imagine that he'd be that old person, you know, when you're doing something for your grandparent mm. and they just stand over you oh, watching 100%. the entire time. 100%. Yeah. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. With three levels of bars and seven function spaces, the Lord Alfred Hotel on Caxton Street is the perfect place to entertain your guests. First day feedback. A date. It's a date. Alrighty, first day feedback. Uh, it is a it's a tough world out there on the dating Ooh, scene. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know, but I assume. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I met my wife when I was 18, mm. and I've only been on probably two or three first dates in my entire life. Mm. And I don't envy Daniel, who is a business owner, works in uh, in artificial intelligence. You're a computer programmer. I am, yeah. Mate, that's impressive. <laughs> do, do people get impressed when you tell them what you do for work? Uh, so when I was studying it, I used to drive Uber. And I would tell people, like, I'm studying artificial intelligence and, well, machine learning and whatnot. And they're like, is that aliens? <laughs> I'd be like, really? It's, it's a little less glamorous than that. You're kind of typing uh, commands into a computer to get it to learn for itself. Um, but, yeah, it's good fun. Right. So you're a smart fella. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and be proud of that. Yeah. yeah. Be proud of that. I didn't understand half of what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> um, you put your hand up. You, you struggle sometimes to get past the first date. Um, well, 
Look, I'll be honest. Yeah. I came into this, I didn't know what the whole scenario was. So right. I got told by my friend that it was like, you go on a, a date with this girl. So I was getting quite excited that it's like, I'm going on a first date with Possible this. Possible love. <laughs> yeah, but right. was like, the whole aim of it is the, the feedback session. Mm, yeah. So, this is a dream, too, to be roasted on live radio. So, uh, <laughs> you don't know this, mate. This is the thing. You don't know. This might be. They might say you're the perfect good. man. Yeah. They might say you're the perfect man. Um, and look, this is, all, this is all done with love, of course. This mm. is about helping yeah, people yeah. get past the next stage. I would hate to think what women would say about the way that, that I date. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you straight away, uh, it would be a language because you can't control, you can't control himself. You'd be because you'd be nervous, so you'd swear. I would, yeah, I, I swear when I'm nervous. And you might not do this, but who knows? Your lawn chat. If you got into it, lawn if she, chat. yeah, if she, if she started it, yeah. if she was like, oh, I have to mow my lawn this weekend, you'd be like, let me tell you about the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there? Oh, you, you got, got a Victor. Yeah, he's yeah. at a certain height, two yeah. stroke only. <laughs> All right, Don't get it. Started. All right, let's go back to you now, Daniel. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right, you're 27, mate. Let's have a listen. McKeely went on a date with you yesterday at the Lord Alfred. Um, here's one of the main points, and I think you might have done this out of nerves. Okay. Um, this is what she said. Comments about my guy friends really irked me. Most of them are my very genuine friends and from all different walks of life who have helped me in more ways than a lot of other people can. You're never going to be comfortable around them. You're not going to accept me being friends with them because apparently they're only trying to date me or bang me. It's not appropriate. Don't tell me who my friends are. Do you have, is that a jealousy Ooh. thing? Have you, have you had issues in the past? No, this is just out of like sort of experience. I think it's obviously it's a blanket statement. It's not going to apply to everyone. Mm. But uh, just in the past, it's like if you're an attractive girl, you don't necessarily have like guy friends in inverted commas. And of course, mm. there's exceptions to that. But that's just from experience. It's like uh, I've been in that situation where I've been a quote unquote friend with a girl. Mm. But really, I was just wasn't being honest that I was actually interested in her and oh, wanted yeah. to date her. Uh, I think that okay. the thing there too was um, you got unlucky in the fact that uh, Keely has like a lot of... Ga- oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a, a woman whose close group was females might not have had as big an issue with it as she yeah. did, but she was like, nah, that's... I, yeah, yeah, I got the very extreme of the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's have a listen because we recorded the date as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's have a listen from what she was hearing, how it sounded to her. Okay. Why are you single? Um, You're a very attractive girl. Thank you. An attractive girl like yourself. Yeah. This is from a guy <laughs> perspective, though. Yeah. You've got to be careful as an attractive girl. Attractive girl doesn't have male <laughs> friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that, that was honest. Yeah. yeah. She's an attractive girl. I yeah. mean, uh, that was that was over the course of an hour, but so it's like it's yeah. jumping back and forth. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. So I was just making it known. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. totally fine. But you can see from her perspective, I think maybe... She felt like her. She was being questioned that she couldn't be trusted. Yeah. Mm. So that that's just. I guess that's what her feedback is. That's I how understand. she felt. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Now, I guess the whole point of this is to try and get to the second date as well. Um, and there's some feedback around how you secure a second date from mm-hmm. Akili. Uh, this is what she said. He asked me like two or three times if there's a second date, but I've told him twice. No, I'm not here for that. And when he was like, "Oh, so you ask?" Yes. I ask so that you don't have to like extend yourself and like be rejected. It will be very clear that I'm into you. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a lot more savage than the actual conversation. <laughs> she was a lot more polite there. Yeah, right. Um, but no, that's that's sort of uh, that's sort of my style. Is like I, I'd prefer to just ask like straight up. up. And that's to be honest, that's what I thought I was coming into. So I was like, yeah. oh. Um, 
this is this was like it's not a date for her. Yeah. And so yeah. I was a little bit I was just a little bit surprised by that. I should have yeah. read the fine print a little bit more. No, I think you were you were keen to have an actual date. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um but also when I, when she said that, like I that's her personality is a lot different to sort of other girls that I've dated. Like I've dated girls um who would never ask. No. Um yes. so like she was she kind of seemed like she had that confidence to sort of ask someone out. Mm. Um whereas I've heard stories like my little brother like his girlfriend that he's with now, like they were, like he'd go to the cafe, see her for like six months, and the whole time she was waiting, waiting for, for him, for yeah. him to yeah. ask her out. Yeah, yeah. And so if you don't ask; it might never end up together. Exactly. So. Yeah. So I'd rather try yeah. and then get get told rejected. No. Yeah. 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 Then not try. And, and that is the hard thing as well, because yeah. how do you know if the girl's waiting for the guy to make the move? Because we're mind readers, Maddie. We're <laughs> <laughs> supposed to know what's going look on in at their you. heads. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But the I girl think, shoots their shot by looking at you. Yeah. But I think also part of her feedback there is take taking cues. Mm. Sometimes mm. it's it's good to ask if you have a confident, but also reading the mm. cues because girls don't want to reject guys, I think, as well. They want to try yeah. and let us down. Yeah, uh, nicely. Be polite, yeah. Uh, now, this is always the most awkward part of a date, <laughs> knowing whether someone's a hugger, a handshaker, handshaker, peck on the cheek, that sort of thing. You never know. How do you judge that when you when you go on a date with someone? Uh, look, I usually like I usually go for a hug. Go straight. Yeah. In. Um, now that is what happened. Yeah. Let's have a listen. Hi. Hey. How are you? Really good. That's How are good. you? Yeah, good. Thank I'm you. I'm Daniel. McKeeley, nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Now, I don't think she had an issue with the fact that there was a hug, but there is some feedback oh. of what happened during the hug. Oh. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm ready. If you're going to greet someone or say goodbye to someone with a hug, that's something that's very personal. Some people are huggers, some people aren't. <laughs> He's not wearing cologne or deodorant, so I can smell him. I can smell him. And it's just... Oh, dear. <laughs> so definitely cologne, definitely deodorant. It kind of just lingers. She's brutal, McKeeley. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's... I was I was wearing cologne, so this, oh. this is going to be a, a great laugh uh, between my friends that are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, uh, a, that's a tough one. I'm a nervous sweater. Yeah, so maybe it was that, like, going yeah. like going into it is like I could smell it on me. Like, it was, yeah. it, I specifically dosed up on it and whatever. Yeah. But mm. who knows? Maybe the, the pits where I leaking during the conversation <laughs> was being recorded, so yeah. who knows? Oh, yeah, more sweat than usual. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Don't get me wrong. When I'm here, any awkward situation, I go red from the neck up and sweat. So yeah, we're all there. Mate, you're a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully you can take some of that on board. Yeah. You might find the love of your life with all that feedback. So good on you, mate. Thanks I'll for coming better in. better next time. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a part of First Aid Feedback, send us a message. Stav, Abby and Matt, jump on the Facebook page right now. Stav, Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Alpha box, $10,000. That's what you can win tomorrow. We give you answers to make it easier. Harry Potter and Honey are two of your answers. Um, if you heard in today's podcast, by the way, our uh, first date feedback, mm-hmm. which is very funny with Daniel, mm. um, he needs to wear deodorant. Yes. That's one thing he learned. Um, you, there is a, another episode previous to this episode of all of the first date feedbacks we've done so far. So mm. go back and have a listen to those. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. The Blues win. I want you to paint your lawn with the Blues emblem on it. Holy. Oh,
Yeah, Jay, long-time listener and fan of the show, right, laid down that gauntlet, and you're not one to back away from a bet. You jump in head first, regardless, and sometimes the results are terrifying. Well, I'm a man with no fear. I ta- I'll take on anything. I'm a soldier, Stab. You're, you're a man with no brains, is what it is. <laughs> um, but... Obviously, we didn't do too well in the first state of origin, so um, we got the guys from Best Science to go around to your house and paint the New South Wales emblem on your lawn. This is you seeing it for the first time. Uh, holy <laughs> shit. You're not quite the best. <laughs> that is massive. Oh, my poor grass. I was not expecting the outline. I agreed to the logo. Why did he have to do the black square around it? He did not need to do that. Oh, my God, that is going to take... That is going to take months to come out. Oh, why well, didn't need to put their sponsor in it? This is actually ridiculous. It is still there, by the way, all that rain yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking when I got home, I'm like, it's going to be half washed out. Anything? It is still there. My kids played on it on Saturday, and then I had blue all on my walls, on my white couch. <laughs> I, can't, I can't escape it. But what happened last night, I actually feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> I didn't believe it. <laughs> I didn't believe it. Because this is... Out of everything that's happened, mm. this is the worst thing in my life that has ever happened to me. Because who reposted the photo of your lawn? I can't even say it. I can't <laughs> repeat it. I can't repeat it. I will not. The words will not come out of my mouth. <laughs> only with an official blue tick, mind you. Only the New South Wales Blues team. <laughs> with all their what was it? Uh, Thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. I mean, it was bad enough that the New South Wales football team shared it on their page. Yeah. But it's what they wrote on there, because it's a very misleading post, what they wrote. And they wrote, the perfect lawn doesn't exist. They did not even look at the context of it. They just shared it as if I was a huge New South Wales fan. And Mm. I didn't even realise, in the photos, Mm. obviously, my head's in my hands, like, oh my God, this is shocking. But to them, it looks like... I'm so excited. My my hands are my head is in my hands with excitement. Like, oh my god, it's Christmas! Yeah, it, it, it looks like you're happy with the job that they've done. When I showed it to Esther, mm. Esther said to me, "Oh, you'd prefer a sex tape or to poo your pants in public <laughs> than have that." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the uh, comments. Esther was reading them. Mm pissing herself laughing last night, and I could not bring myself to read what the comments section says. Well, i got a selection of them, because you're right. I think 50% of the audience of which have been commenting, which of there are many, many, think uh, that you are a massive Blues fan and you've done it on purpose, and the other half know what's going on. But we've got such things as, what a legend and a sacrifice. I've never been more jealous in my entire life. Look at the shades of blue. Oh, my God. How much did this cost, bro? I want to get it done at my place. <laughs> Love that lawn, buddy. Well he can done. Have, he can have my house for free. This is my favourite. When is this open for visits when we win the series? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you haven't won three in a row since 2005. Do the maths before you paint a lawn, you moron. <laughs> that's a Queenslander, I obviously. Know, but that's just I shows how... <laughs> Give it to me. 
Give it to me. I encourage every Queenslander to go onto that Facebook page Gosh. and just get in the comments and smash me, slander me, so that they know, they know that it, I'm not a fan. I am a disappointment to my father. My father would be turning in his grave right now. Paul Gallon will retweet it today, probably. Oh, if I hear from Paul Gallon. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? I think you have to defect. As if. <laughs> I think but I celebrate Mardi Gras doesn't mean I'm going to change teams. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. All right. Well, I can't wait to see where this goes next because it's, I don't think it's stopped. I Can we get Wally Lewis to come to my house <laughs> and spit on me? That's, that's what I think we need. We need, the, we need him to come over, mm. do some sort of cleansing of the lawn mm. or mm. something because... I don't think he will. No, even he's ashamed. Mm. He's absolutely ashamed. Please, all I all I ask of you today is to not do any work. Just go to the Facebook page of the New South Wales Blues. It's had 283 shares, 795 comments, and it's still going. Queenslanders need to get into those comments, please, and let everyone know 4,000 people have liked it. <laughs> um, please get in there and let all the New South Wales fans know that I am not celebrating them. Mm. That is merely just... A lost bet. Yeah, that's Please. right. Yeah, yeah, recommend that. Let's keep this going. <laughs> <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Stab Abby and Matt. Stereotype. Stereotype bingo. bingo. All right, we put the call out today. We want to try something. We want to see uh, if you are a stereotype. And we're asking on 131060 to call up if you're a vegan. We're going to run through some things that stereotypically across the office. People went, this is what I think a vegan does, this is what I think a vegan wears, and if you match them all, you win. All right. Now, uh, Bree from Springfield Lakes, you're one of our vegans. Morning. Good morning. Now, if you hear something that doesn't match you, you hang up, okay? Yeah. Do you find that people uh, have lots of ideas of what a vegan should be? I do, yes. Yes, you sound worry. <laughs> okay, hang on the line there. We've got six vegans mm. on hold at the moment. Let's hit the list. Um, if this isn't you, you hang up. All right. Uh, can I, you want me to start or you want to start? I'll start. Okay. I'll start. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> you have or you are wearing or you have worn fisherman's pants. Oh, classic. Mm. If you haven't, hang up. Oh, Bree's gone. Oh. She's out. Okay. okay. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> your favourite pair of shoes are open-toed sandals. No one hung up. <laughs> no one hung up? Okay. That's just that's no. why, that's All why right. the stereotypes. Let's quickly chat to Sam. Sam, so you I wear you wear sandals and fisherman's pants, Sam? Yeah, mate, yeah, pretty much all the time, eh? Sweet. Yes. You don't sound like a vegan, Sam. You don't sound like a vegan. What's that? Oh, you just got a meat eater's voice. <laughs> oh, I've been yelling at the kids all morning, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, turn your radio down there. Uh, all right, we've got five still on the line. We're looking for this stereotypical vegan here. I want. Can I throw one out that might separate it a little bit? Let's do it. You have been to a protest. Turns out we're right about being as long as no one's hung up there. No, everyone's been to a protest. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Um, you have a tattoo. Uh-huh. Every vegan's got a tattoo. Yep. 
No, it's still on there. How, okay. many, how many of these passes do we have to get? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so the vegans could just be stereotypical people. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Uh, you uh, have watched a Netflix documentary about the environment or the planet. Chrissy and Kabulcha, you're sounding like a stereotypical vegan here. <laughs> I don't really look much like one, but yeah, I am. Why? What do you look like? Uh, I'm overweight. <laughs> Christy, no, God bless you. You know what? When we worked with Osher, I reckon his because it was hard for him to to find stuff that were vegan. Mm. Vegan stuff's quite high in sugar at times, so it's easy to put weight on as a vegan. Apparently, yeah. And you you know you tend to rely on your carbohydrates and chips are potatoes. So yeah. you know. All right. Okay. Here's one that might make you hang up, Chrissy. Um, <laughs> you don't shave your armpits. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, you've got a hairy armpit. Oh, we lost two others. All right, all right, Chrissy. An overweight, hairy vegan. All right, let's see. Uh, we've got three left on the line here. All right, what do you got, Maddie? Uh, all right, you only wear natural deodorant. All your deodorants are usually derived from coconut oil. Okay, no, still on the line there. I think we found three of them. I think we found three. All right, let's go to Joe and Gaythorn. Hey, Joe, bingo, you're a stereotypical vegan. It seems like it. And that's weird because I only became a vegan six years ago, so... Well, you really jumped in head first, though, Joe. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What about this one, then? Let's see if anyone else hangs up. Um, If uh, we went to your house, we'd find a bowl of special herbs. (laughs) Still all on the line. <laughs> all righty, there we go. That's how we play. Congratulations, Joe. Congratulations, Sam. Yeah, mate. Mate, you are a stereotypical vegan, buddy. Beautiful. Good on you, legend. And uh, Chrissy. Ooh. <laughs> You're my favourite. My favourite vegan, Chrissy. <laughs> You're a stereotypical vegan out there in Kabulcha. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. All right, good stuff. It's Stab Abby and Matt. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. As another show draws to a close, Stav, Abby and Matt take a moment to reflect. Oh, you want me to start? No, I'll start. Okay, I don't mind. Abs is away and so everyone freaks out because she's not here. To anyone who goes for New South Wales, <laughs> yes, I lost a bet. <laughs> That bet was to get the big blue emblem of your team on my back lawn. And it's bigger than it needed to be. The outline was very unnecessary. <laughs> but the fact that the New South Wales team shared it last night on its Facebook and said, the perfect lawn doesn't exist. Oh, wait. Yes, it does. They're sharing that as if I'm a New South Wales fan. Mm-hmm. And I think legal proceedings may need to follow that. Defamation? That is a defamation case, Mm. for sure. You can't just be sharing images of me on your Facebook page saying that I support your team. Mm. You can't say those defamatory things about me. That's true. It's hurtful to your character. Raised in Queensland, I'm a Gladstone boy from central Queensland. You've probably lost sponsorship opportunities, you know? I played... For the under 12s Central Queensland Rugby League team. Were you a plant though? Shut up, Stan. (laughs) 
So if there's um, Logan Law, anyone from Logan Law listening right now, give us a buzz on 13 10 60. We're going to take down New South Wales Rugby League. Thanks, but no thanks. It was an off-air chat yesterday, but I don't know if you remember me talking about my sausage rolls that I bought from... I do Coles. remember it. Yeah, I love a sausage roll. Oh, I love a good sausage roll. It was a um, like a bit of a gourmet one. and um, Homemade, wh- weren't they? Homemade, yes, homemade sausage, sausage rolls. Yes. Whacked them in the air fryer. They came up a treat. And if there's something I like just slightly more than a hot sausage roll, it is for some reason a day after sausage roll. Interesting. I do like them cold. Yes. Right, I don't know about that. And I was really looking for, I was excited to get home and have my sausage roll that I had spare for lunch. So I'd sit out on my back deck, look at Barton and eat my sausage roll. <laughs> Just as I was about to take the first bite, knock on the door for a delivery. Went to go get the delivery, came back to the back deck, sausage roll had gone. That is so inappropriate, cat. <laughs> No one was home. A kookaburra. I thought this was going to be going to be your dog. Didn't no, it? a kookaburra swung in low, took it. Could see it in the backyard, pecking away at it. Did you shoo it away and eat it? Still, <laughs> no. I no, would I No, I did not. So you're not allowed to hurt that kookaburra. No, I know. It's on a coat of arms or something, isn't it? Is it on a coin? It's on a coin. Kookaburra's sure. on a coin. Yeah, yeah you can't, you can't. If it's been imprinted by the mint. You can't kill You're it. You're allowed to touch it. <laughs> nah. Yeah. So thanks for nothing. Brisbane wakes up with Staff Abby and Matt on B105.